Welcome to the Online Course Masters Show, where we learn from the best online course creators how to better create and sell our very own courses. I'm your host, Phil Ebener, and today I chat with Daniel Walter Scott, who has been teaching for over 14 years, is an Adobe certified instructor, is from New Zealand, but recently moved to Ireland, and I'm excited because he has some very similar classes to mine. You'll hear his entire online course creation journey coming right up. Visit OnlineCourseMasters.com for show notes to watch the video version of this episode and see an archive of all our past guests. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. The one thing you can do for me is leave a review for the show, which helps us expand to an even larger audience. Thanks, and let's get straight to the interview. Hey, Daniel, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you, a fellow Adobe instructor who is on the same path as I am and along with all the listeners. So welcome to the show and share a little bit more information about you and uh, your background. Cool. Uh, thanks, Phil. Um, yeah, me, I I guess I've, I'm new enough to online training. I'm kind of, yeah, we do a similar kind of uh, topic uh, me and you, some of them at least, but um, I, I feel like I'm quite far behind. Like I've only just started last year with the online stuff. But before that, I was, I kind of trained as a graphic designer at um, at art school and kind of became like, like everybody now, like a media designer, you know, you just can't do graphic design anymore. I guess, you know, it felt like you could when I was training, but really quickly became a bit of web kind of stuff started doing video as video became easier to do online and that sort of stuff so that's kind of yeah that's kind of my background I guess and um yeah and yeah I've been doing a little bit of training on and off throughout my career and pretty much just freelancing man like uh, when I left university, I ended up freelancing, doing just about everything. You know, I was the, I was the yes guy. I was like, can you do this? Like, yes. And then I'd Google it and there was no Udemy and no Skillshare. And I'd just like, go through forums and work it out and kind of bluff my way through it and did that for so long that, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of average at lots now, you know? Yeah. No, well, I feel very, sim- I feel very similar about how, how I've done things and I've, you know, learned all, a, a bunch of different Adobe tools and that's uh, what you're teaching a lot of Adobe products and tools, but it definitely helps as an online course creator to have an eye for design because so much of course creation and marketing is creating graphics and creating visuals that uh, sell and educate and um, knowing Adobe certainly helps. So, you talk about how, well, first I want to hear for the audience. So you're originally from New Zealand, right? Yeah. Yep. So I'm a Kiwi. Um, yeah. And now yeah, you're in Ireland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I moved to Ireland about 20 months ago, nearly two years. Nice. Yeah. And what brought you to Ireland initially? Um, I think the reason anybody's here in Ireland is, is, is a girl or a guy. <laughs> some people, but yeah, it's like, it's not, definitely not the weather. Yeah, I love I love Ireland. I do, but I'm I'm sick of the grey days now. I want there to be sunshine. It's sunshine at home, you know. It's on the opposite side of the planet, so it's a it's a little hard when it's Facebook is full of beautiful <laughs> beach stuff. And I was yesterday working on my car in the rain and puddles. Yeah, <laughs> well, we'll do anything for true love, so that's good. <laughs> that's- <laughs> so okay cool well you went to ireland and maybe you can kind of talk about what you were doing when you initially went to ireland if it was just freelancing but then how did you get into online teaching 
So like I've like my, yeah. So I've freelanced for a long time and I've on the side of always like, uh, I don't like the word entrepreneur cause it's like, uh, it's a bit overused, but I've, I've tried, I've tried and failed with lots of businesses like, you know, and the one that stuck and did quite well was in actually a sit down classroom style training. So an Adobe certified training center in New Zealand, it's called bring your laptop. That one there, I started and instantly started doing well. All the rest were learning experiences, would you say? Um, but this one kind of took off and I started doing sit down classroom stuff all myself, but eventually the business has grown now. And uh, kind of when I left Ireland to, yeah, it's got managers and it's got amazing people looking after it. It's got amazing trainers doing the training. So it's it's a nice thing that I don't have to attend to every day now. So I came to Ireland and it was the decision that was a nice big break in life to say what next. And it was either try and do the same thing. Like I've started one in Sydney as well. And that's it's going OK. And it was either try and do it in Ireland with our tiny little economy here or it was look at online. And I've been. I've been circling that one for a long time. Everybody keeps saying, go online, go online. You're like, I can't be that easy. And the other thing was working. So coming to Ireland was really good. It was just a good kind of break in life to go, okay, I have to reset now. I can't, you know, New Zealand's kind of running itself. It had to because I left the country. But um, yeah, that was, that's how I kind of got, you know, got to this point where I got started a little while ago with online training. Got it. Yeah. Well, I, I can see how, especially even in Adobe's teaching Adobe software, when I started, I saw, you know, lynda.com and Adobe even putting out so many good courses on their own products and YouTube, of course. So it's hard to like, feel like that's... I can create a course that's going to be successful when there's already so much out there. That's, so... that's a really big thing. Eh? Like it looks, you know, why, why would anybody, you know, there's really, really good stuff. And Everybody has that thing of uh, the, uh, you know, like there's people better than me teaching this stuff. I've seen them. They're awesome. Oh, like, yeah. Why me too. Kind of like what I'm doing, you know, like <laughs> Phil's already doing it. He's like, why, why, why bother now? He's no, up. <laughs> I mean, it's the same for me. I see people on YouTube who have higher quality tutorials than I do. Not to say that your and my classes aren't great and people won't learn from them, but there is a lot of great free content. But at the end of the day, we can be successful because we, we do bring something unique to the table. So now you have your courses on, I think, Skillshare, Udemy, your own platform. What was yeah. the first platform that you tested out? Um, it was my own one. That was kind of my, I had like a little bit of a, uh, see if people I, I had to kind of like prove to myself first that people would actually pay money for it and that was that was my first kind of test it was to build my own thing and see if I could drive some people there and if I got one sale like I wasn't sure like if I got one sale would I be you know was that is that proof enough at least one person is a big planet and <laughs> um, so that that was it I kind of had like a what do you call it a minimum viable product I just kind of got something up it was pretty hacked together pretty crappy but it's yeah it proved its thing and then so i invested more and more time as it kind of proved and proved and now i think it's a solid solid thing nice and so you had your bring your own laptop program that was a live in training in person training when yeah. you created your first course first what course was that and then how did you actually sell it for that very first time did you send an email out to people did you just put it online and drive traffic to it so my first one was a little bit early, I guess. It's kind of a, it overlaps with, I was trying to drive business to my Sydney business, uh, like sit down classroom. And I just did a course for free on YouTube. 
you know, and it was uh, it was just a really quick and dirty, never done online video training before. It's embarrassing to go see, but I did that, just stuck it up on YouTube, and it was meant to drive like SEO kind of juice to that site, which it did. But then it started doing really well, and, and like well, you know, more and more, and that's that that kind of like, although people weren't paying for it, it kind of like, you know, I figured that it was a good tester, I guess, and it kind of, you know, got it, got it. Kind of, started doing it yeah so um before we i want to hear more about how you are driving traffic to your courses now and how that's going but let's fast forward a little bit to today and you shared some income that you're making um when you emailed me you said you were making around a thousand dollars on udemy per month eighteen hundred dollars on skillshare per month and you had jumped up to sixteen hundred on your own site from uh around 400 just a couple months ago can so that's pretty amazing. Do you have any updates about that or just um, kind of how has this changed your life or perspective of uh, creating a business? Yeah, and um, now they're all they're all kind of doing that same sort of thing. The, 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 the my own thing is doing a lot better than when I kind of sent it to you the other week. That's like that's doing a weird kind of nice trajectory that I'm that I'm liking. Uh, Skillshare and Udemy. Udemy is about the same. Um, I don't have a huge success with Udemy, and um, that's something that's I need to follow somebody like you who's doing really well. S- Skillshare is the one that's kind of changed recently. You know, the they've changed their model, and that's really helping me. It's like I calculated it. It's only based off one month because it's only just changed, but it was sixty four percent better than I did the month before if I if I tallied it the same way that we were doing there. So that's doing really well, that thing. And yeah, so those are the the numbers. There's little dribs and drabs from other like places that have got the courses. There's a few YouTube channels that are giving me ads, but mm-hmm. those are the main ones, the main three, those Skillshare, Udemy and my stuff. Nice. And um, how it's changed my life, I guess, um, especially like, I don't know, the classroom stuff is great. It has a really kind of smaller market. Like, you know, it's, it, it it's meant like it's meant for me i can do i can explore other courses niche courses because there's such like the world is potential customers that's when i was doing stuff and you know for the classroom stuff it had to be the the kind of bread and butter stuff and for me personally doing it man it's so hard like teaching a class all day being the entertainer was cool but my business was like it was it was just tough you know you finish a class and you come home and try and manage the business pay the bills do all that sort of stuff whereas online it's like i love it it's you know i get to drop my son off at school i don't have to rush off to be in front of a class i can pick him up from school you know there's a there's a lot more flexibility in my life and that's probably like i've only really got started like i started at november 2015 so it's a year and a bit of this online stuff but it's like i feel like those numbers are it's almost a full-time income soon, you know, like for somebody, you know. Um, yeah, but I, I would say so. I mean, I, you have grown faster than I grew initially. So I don't even, it probably took me about a year or so to hit even $1,000 in a single month. So to take that and see if you keep doing this three years from now, and if your exponential growth is even faster than mine, you know, the, the, they're... <laughs> They're, they're, I, I kind of cheated though. Like I feel like if I was if I was a mechanic getting started, it'd be different. But I you know 
I'm a teacher. I'm comfortable enough in front of people already. I know all the good gags to do in Adobe tutorials. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I it's and plus, like, I know the software so well because I've had to teach it for so long. So, yeah, I kind of cheated, jump started. But yeah, online, I, I think just the having cracks at other things online has helped this get started. My own platform was a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, cool. And one thing you shared with me, it looks like some sort of tracking thing called Bear Metrics. Can you kind of just talk about that and why you're using it and what what it does for you? Cool. So Bear Metrics is a it's a it's it's like Google Analytics, you know. It's uh, but it's for recurring revenue, so it's for um uh, yeah, monthly recurring revenue MRR. So there's just no other tracking out there that I know of, at least, that actually, because there's some really complicated maths that goes on, especially when you start forecasting. Because, mm-hmm. like, the classroom training was very different. It was very easy. It's kind of like e commerce training. Somebody bought a course, they come and do the course, then they're never around anymore. But when you've got recurring revenue, like on my site, people sign up for a subscription, they pay per month, and now you've got kind of some different things to work on, like, uh, I don't have to, it's great because I can, uh, it's recurring, but some of the metrics that didn't exist before, like churn, you know, how many people are dropping off versus how many people are signing up. Uh, you know, I have to deal with credit card failures, um, people's going out of date, all that kind of stuff that didn't happen before. So bare metrics is just, plus probably has, it has some real cool, exciting things like um, uh, forecasting, like you can go into Dreamyland, type in your uh, like what your current um, you know growth is and how many customers you have, and then project out twelve months. And you're like millions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fictional, but it's it's fun to do. Yeah, um, it also has things like lifetime value, which makes it really easy for mm. ads. You know, like so I'm kind of involved with some you know Google AdWords and trying to work out my lifetime value, which kind of fluctuates between sixty ninety dollars. You know, it, it means that I can spend more on AdWords that I potentially might have thought of. And this thing's quite dynamic. It's every day telling me. So, yeah, it's bare metrics. Like, I'm not trying to sell the thing, but it's it's pretty cool. If you are using any sort of system, if there's any trainers using a system that's either Braintree or Stripe or Recurly or any sort of system that's using that, or they know a developer that can work it in, such a cool little thing to check in on. It's, like, it's, my, it's my hub now. Yeah, no, and, that's um, it's really cool. I feel like I wonder if there's any way to hook it up with I'm using Teachable. I know so like you can use Stripe with Teachable, so you might be able to use it with Stripe. If you that use way. Stripe Teachable, it's like literally type it in, get it going. The other thing is is if you've got say somebody out there's got something that's a bit more unique and they might be a developer or they might know one, there's an API for it to make it work. It's pretty awesome. Nice. The other cool thing is the open stuff you've seen my like uh you know i've got mine open for everybody to see so if anybody wants to go to bring your own laptop dot they can see my current monthly income from the site's part of it i got some paypal stuff and some other bits and pieces but it's it's pretty close it's about it's pretty close to it yeah and there's that's... lots of other companies there you can kind of go you can kind of compare your churn and go oh i'm doing better than that guy and i'm doing <laughs> these other things and or you know it's 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 nice to be in a to see what other people are doing like exactly what you do with your teaching i love going through your stuff and going what is he earned this month yeah what have I this month? how am i doing <laughs> yeah no i love the trend i love transparency and i'm gonna have to look into this with my own 
own stuff because it's a lot of work to go through every month manually to do it. Um, you know, it doesn't seem can, you can't hook it up with Udemy or Skillshare anyway, can you? Not then, I not, don't think so. Currently. You can no, nah. They work with analytics and AdWords, but not nah, yeah. not with metrics. You have to use one of those platforms, or you have to know a nerdy developer to get the API to work. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> well, back to the online courses. You've got all kinds of courses for people listening you can find the courses at bringyourownlaptop.com or by searching for daniel walter walter scott on udemy or skillshare but you got things from adobe illustrator dreamweaver photoshop after effects and you're an adobe certified instructor which is something that i've been curious about and i remember when i first started teaching i was like do i need to be certified to even teach this will people buy my courses without it I think it's definitely sort of a stamp of approval. So it, it it helps prove that you're an expert. How did you even get um, certified? And do you think that's helped you to sell your courses at all? So, yeah, certification is, if you want to be in it, like there's kind of three levels. There's something called an ACA, Adobe Certified Associate. And to be honest, like all the accreditation for somebody that doesn't know is just as good so if you're gonna do it just get the lowest one like because you, you're doing it uh it, it's a, it's part of your marketing right to prove to people but you're not going to be able to like becoming adobe certified instructor is crazy hard not crazy hard but it's it's pretty tough there's uh annual exams and you have to have an adult learning uh, an adult um what do you call it an adult teaching qualification like there's there's lots to do but as a kind of a way to help market yourself I don't think anybody would know the difference, you know? So ACA is the kind of one where I'm really competent. I know what I'm doing. And right. that's that's perfect for a trainer, you know? Like you, you, you're happy teaching from a person that has their ACA. ACE is an expert, um, Adobe certified expert. And that's when, that's when you have to do an exam and have lots of like, that's the minutia. That's the, like there's, there's questions like, tell me where in the menu is the, you know, how to, how to switch uh, from process black to, you know, to, to, to 100K. And you're like, you could find it, right? But it's, it's a multi-choice question. You're like, I freaking, I know it's up there. And yeah. the, you've got to hit it probably, you know? But like, they want to know exactly where it is. And you're like, geez. So like, I fail the exam probably at least, probably half the time. So I have to reset it. Mm. And it, that's true of lots of trainers. Like they release a new course and you're like, Geez, what like what have they cooked up? What like obscure thing have they decided to latch onto this exam? So it's it's not hard if you're gonna do it. Let me know, and yeah. I'll, uh, okay. I'll I'll point you in the right directions. There's lots of kind of helpers to get you going, but ACA is a cool thing to do, um, and it's something that if you know what you're doing, you can probably just go and do. Um, yeah, cool. I'll I'll, it, I'll check it out. Has it helped me sell courses? It's good as part of the mark, like my intro. I find. I've only been doing it. I've never A-B tested it, so I don't know. You know, there's no way of, I don't think it'll, it'll be a way of knowing for sure. In terms of my corporate stuff, say my classroom training, without a doubt, people check Google, want to do InDesign training, and then they find out if you're somehow certified. Mm -hmm. And luckily in New Zealand, I'm the only certified training center in the whole country. So like we get lots of people and they the reason for booking was because you're certified. So like that was easily measurable. And to be an Adobe certified training center, you have to have the, um, everybody has to be past the exam. So got it. Okay, cool. So your training center is actually, it's like 
sponsored slash connected with Adobe itself. It's not like you're just your own thing or, or do they like kind of like you are affiliate, like affiliated. Uh, they don't do their own training. They don't do their own classroom training. So mm-hmm. what they do is they, they let people training centers become certified to teach it. Um, so yeah, you have to pass a lot of hoops, uh, jump, jump a lot of hoops. You have to have like enough chairs. The data projector has to be in a certain spot. So there's like things they check and then they measure like the end of every course. There's a, like a happy sheet, you know, where they fill out all the form and like, what did you like? What did you not like? And they monitor that, but it's pretty hands off Yeah. Uh, as a training center. They just let you do your own thing as long as the, you know, as long as the stuff comes back good, then they don't meddle too much. Yeah, cool. Awesome. So with your courses, um, I'm looking at your page and you have, you know, some bigger courses, some smaller courses, some project-based courses. What's your process for coming up with your course topics? I kind of have two streams. Like the, 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 the ones that are bigger and kind of like the whole program uh, are more so that I can double double use them. It's so that I can make a course, make a video, um, uh, make notes and use it for my classroom stuff. And it means that the trainer instead of having to go off and try and figure out their own course, can watch the videos and then, you know, they're already experts, but they get to follow that process. So I get to kind of structure the course. And I love making courses. And I think like that's my skill is like trying to, you know, order it in a way that's progressive and good. And so that's that's why often I have the bigger courses. I think online though, the project courses are better. Like if they're like all those, like, you know, the some of the other courses that I've got are, yeah, are project-based because, people are looking to do something and because it's online, there's enough people that want to do that one little thing <laughs> to, to, to feed, feed the family, you know? So I think that's how I, uh, and when I pick a course, like, cause I've, I've got a, a bit of experience in different software. It's, it's pretty much what people keep asking me for. Like, especially through my classroom stuff, they're like, Hey, can you do a blah, blah, blah. And you're like, probably could, but I need to like get my ideas in order and do that sort of stuff. So I, I kind of, I pick something that people want and something that's gonna, I wouldn't say challenge me, but something that I'm like, I, I should probably know that. Like the one I did lately was a HTML5 banner ads. And like I did it back in the flash days, remember Adobe flash and we did banner ads and it was a, it was a good income owner for the company. And then flash got, got murdered. And then it was this kind of like lull of nothingness where HTML5 kind of worked and nothing really worked. But then then it got more and more like easier to do or like more solidified. Like the community got together and like, okay, HTML5 banner is going to work. And I, I, I avoided it for so long. People, can you do it? And you're like, no. And then eventually you're like, okay, people are demanding it. I feel like I should do it and I'd <laughs> like it. But it, there's a lot of like grunt work of figuring it all out. And yeah, it's... So since I've done it, though, I'm like, brilliant. Now I'm the expert and it's a really good course that does well because it's, it's a tough old thing, you know. I stay away from some of the easier courses. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's really good stuff on YouTube, it's, it's a little hard to compete with. With little niche things, it's, it's quite cool. Well, yeah, it's true. And sometimes you got to find something that... It, yeah, it's a weird balance because I find like the beginner courses, they have a pretty big audience. So those courses do really well for me. But at the same time, if you're doing a little project based course, that's super easy. There's a lot of stuff on YouTube that's free. And uh, so you got to have it be a little bit different or a little bit more yeah. advanced. So yeah, you, you're right. you have all your courses on Udemy and your own site and Skillshare. I'm curious, how do you promote a course once you launch it? 
are you focused on one platform or do you promote on yeah, all so of I've them? Got, like, I've got this like crazy checklist. It's got 60 steps in it and it's my whole like, um, I should have sent it to you. Um, it's, uh, it's like what, you know, like prove the idea. I, I kind of like, yeah, anyway, that's a, maybe a different thing, but, um, no, I love it. <laughs> um, big step-by-step list, right. Of like how I decide in the course. And then I send it off to people. I send it out to any channel that I've got of like, I do a kind of like a real rough version of it, of the intro, really hack, like just, and I ask people for feedback and it really helps me shape the course. It never changes too much, but it's like, oh, it's a good idea. I like that. Or I need to change that a little bit. Then I go off and film it. I have some people helping me do the editing. Okay. So I kind of contract that out. And then, um, then it comes down to the distribution and I worked through it a long time by myself, but now I've got I've got an amazing uh, amazing person Emma that does that now. She does the distribution, and we just we just do it month by like maybe two weeks, three weeks apart. So we'll launch the course on our site first because that's my priority. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that's where I yeah that long term the mic people I get to you know it's it's a better platform for me, and then I look at Skillshare because it it requires more like finesse. Like there's like a whole trending thing that you need to like the first 24 hours are really important. And then I do Udemy a little bit later because theirs is a little harder because you kind of submit it. And then some days later it gets, you know, it gets um, um, put through and you're like, it's really hard to like go, okay, Emma, she's a young mom. She's, she works only a few days for me. And you're like, okay, so I know it's uh, Archie's day at uh, <laughs> the swimming pool, but I want you to launch Udemy. <laughs> yeah. I find that, I find Udemy is a hard one to do. Yeah. Plus, I think I spend like I've been through your stuff, and it's really good. But I use all, a lot of that for my own site. Yeah. So I can't. I feel like I can't double dip. I can't go to my email list and say, "Hey, you know the exact same course I emailed you about last week? I've got the exact same course on a different platform." Yeah. That you know. So I find I use all your tactics, but maybe on pointing a different way, potentially. Yeah. Well, that's something that I've always. It's it's a hard balance because as a course creator, we have the ability to put our courses on any of these platforms, but figuring out which one you're going to promote to, and especially for your email list, because everyone should be growing their own email list. It's like, what course do you point people to or what platform? So, but in the long term, you know, controlling your audience on your own platform is definitely a good idea. And, and I really want to talk more about how you've done that so far, but just in the nitty gritty of your course creation, um, what equipment are you using to record? What, microphone cameras lighting anything you, you cool. use so like the screencast stuff like i use my macbook pro and and i got this mic here it's a audio technica 80 20 20 um, i feel like i feel like if you're going to be an online trainer though you need the um uh what is it the what's the it's not the ice cube one it's the one that looks like blue uh, yeti blue snowball that's no. yeti that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it i feel like i feel like i should have got that one because you know it's like your instant uh instant <laughs> online training hero if you've got a blue yeti yeah. <laughs> but in terms of like screen capture i use camtasia to do the screen capture stuff and i edit the screen capture stuff through um, camtasia as well it's pretty cool and all the like talking head stuff, I use like this thing here. Um, it's my like, it's, uh, outside of America, it's a, a seven, uh, it's a seven sixty D. I think you guys call it like a Rebel T six S or something. I looked that up today. Okay. And 
it's just like a, a crop frame, you know, it was cheap enough. It's like, it's like 800 bucks. Like it's not cheap, but it's cheap when it comes to big cameras that do stuff. And I've got the world's cheapest lens. Like a this thing millimeter? here. Nah, because it's a crop frame. Oh, I bought a 50. What is that? The 24? I didn't realize that afterwards. I'm like, geez, you can like, it's like Dan was like this yeah. in, female, <laughs> you know, in my room. So this thing here is 35 and it's a, like a F. Uh, 2.0, uh, 2.0 mm-hmm. it was like 80 bucks. It's a prime lens. It's like 80 bucks. It makes heaps of noise when it's adjusting <laughs> yeah. and it gets stuck stuff. But when you're just doing like, when it's not moving, you're not moving, nobody's moving. It's brilliant. It's got a great depth of field. Like it's awesome. And it was like 80 bucks. Like, yeah, I loved it. No, and what else? Awesome. Lights. I've got like two lights. I turn them on here just so I don't look like, um, it's nine o'clock at night, which it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's my gear. Yeah. yeah, cool. Well, I get the question, what camera should I get? And I always get people asking about specific Canon DSLRs. And at the end of the day, any Canon DSLR from the T3, T4, T5, 70D, 80D, anything that's between $200 and $1,000 is basically the same camera or you're going to get the same video quality. So any of those cameras for people listening is is great. I feel like it's less about the base and more about the lens. Like you get the right lens and you can make an average camera. Like, like you said, although that kind of range, they're all doing a similar sort of, they're all shooting HD in your, your way. Yeah. So and the I, other thing I forgot to say is, sorry, is okay. editing. I edit all my kind of talking head stuff, the premiere, and I do all my little animation bits, infographics, motion graphics uh, with After Effects. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So you mentioned outsourcing some of your work including the distribution but also editing this is something actually i'm testing out right now as we speak someone is editing the first class that i've i'm testing out outsourcing so it's scary for me and so (laughs) what what do you do you have someone edit your entire class and what advice do you have for someone who wants to outsource the editing because it is such a time burden and for people who don't know how to edit it's Something that if you can't outsource it, you'll have so much more time to do more important things. But you, you've got the same problem as me. Like, I know how to edit and exactly. I like it. But <laughs> exactly. It is, it is almost as long editing as I do filming. So it's uh, so my like what I do and my advice would be like to to either find something you like if you're really crap at it. You know, find somebody else's, find yours, and say I want it like this guy. And use that as a baseline to check somebody, okay, and get a couple of pilots done. I'd go to something like Upwork or Freelancer.com, and I use Upwork loads for that sort of stuff. And I'd go to them and have auditions. People just go to like one of those sites and hire somebody, and then they find it's really hard and it doesn't go very well, and that's it. Like what you should do is I always have at least three people do it because it's cheap enough to get one. Find a short video that you've done, say edit this, please. Don't tell anyone else and just get three people to do it get five people to do it and then go that a working relationship with that dude or girl was awesome yeah it might be that it's just easy to communicate with them they understood you you know sometimes different countries you think sometimes it's the language can be tough but then sometimes you're like that dude speaks barely you know like it's it's really hard to talk but he's just like he he nails like he gets it he listens doesn't say much but gets it so (laughs) that's what i would do is like get audition people to do your stuff i like and Um, I find you just got to kind of like quality control the first few. Just don't go, here's my whole course and hope for the best. Just say do one and then do three then do five. And then after you've kind of got a bit of a, you know, that's not what I want. That is what I want. Then you can like now 
it's like it's in Dropbox. Let me know when it's ready. And it's yeah. and it's pretty good. Like Taylor does it, and he's awesome. Like he's he you know he because we've had such a like I realize like by about the third or fourth course, then then it comes to that like you don't have to worry because you know you've had the conversations. He knows exactly what he would you know like what I would say in response to his questions, and becomes a he does all the kind of cutting, gets it out to YouTube versions. Like there's there's some there's some really cool stuff. Nice. What I found nice. though is probably is um is that it needs a kind of a list like a checklist because it's not his full-time job he's doing heaps of other stuff so when i contact him once a month to say here's another course he kind of has to relearn so he's happy and i'm happy i love lists and he's happy he can just go okay i'm up to step like my big giant list that i told you about mm-hmm. he gets started you know at about number 20 and he's like okay i need to go to dropbox this is where everything is here's the audio i need to sync these up and he's got a little step-by-step list, and then he first drafts come to me, then I repeat. Like it's a, I think I think a list like that is is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You should, uh, yeah, publish that list somewhere for other people to learn. I think I'll give it to you. Uh, I'll give it to you when we finish this, and you can stick it up with the. Yeah, I'll put it uh, on the post. Yeah, that'd be really cool. awesome. Are you enjoying this episode? We hope you're learning to become a better course creator. If you want to fast track your success, get the free seven step guide to success at onlinecoursemasters.com. Now let's get back to the show. Uh, Are there any other tools? You mentioned Dropbox for sharing files, but any other project management tools or anything you use with your your hires? So my... Something like Upwork has a pretty good like in-built things. So um, if you're worried about it, like they've got an option where you can pay by the hour and they actually record their screens. It's a little creepy, but, um, you know, it just means that you're knowing that they're not, hey, it's going to take four hours. And really, they did it in 20 minutes and, you know, yeah, yeah. on the rest of the day. But um, so in terms of my management stuff, no, I kind of hack together lots of bits. I use Google Docs for my kind of, to-do lists with them. I've got my big, I use Muse to make my big list that's online because they can update the website and I can update it. Um, what else? Dropbox is for all the files because I find Dropbox quite good for the video edits because you can watch Dropbox at double speed. And that like, for me, that's like, that's a new feature that came out and it's it's amazing. It means that I can watch Chipmunk Dan, but get, get through it really quickly and just check the edits of theirs. And you can add comments and I find that's an easy way to do it. Cool. Um, nice. Have you got any better ones? Like, how, well, like how, you know, or? this is my first time working with someone editing my own project. And, um, you know, honestly, as a video editor myself, I, I feel like I just use the standards like Dropbox and Google Docs. But my editor introduced me to this thing called Frame.io. And it's built for video editors. And we're just testing out, but, and it's probably better for more advanced videos, you know, not necessarily courses, but you can annotate this when you're watching it, you can review and annotate the video. So you can write notes that are timestamped. You can mark on the screen specifically, like highlight and draw on the screen. Like, Hey, I want you to color correct this guy's face or whatever. So it's a cool tool that, um, we're going to be testing out, but it's also different as a video editor myself. I'm like, well, I don't really need to go through through and add all these notes because I might even go back and just do a quick pass myself. But if you don't know anything about editing and you just want someone to completely take over, I'm going to be Frame. testing out Frame.io. So I'll, I'll kind of update people if that's working out for me. 
There's one other one. A friend of mine works at a company called Whipster. Mm. Um, .io, I think it is. That's plug-in for, for your Premiere. If you're like, it's a direct like the things appear as comments along premiers. Is that what frame.io does as well? Yeah, it basically does the uh, same thing. So yeah. yeah, cool. So um, in terms of your classes, do, are they the same classes on Skillshare, Udemy, and your own course, or do you differentiate them at all? Nah, stick them up on everything, but they it's it's pretty clear what does better on different ones. Like the, the three groups, it's funny, like my own site has like, you know, I can tell which ones do better and the ones that do better on Skillshare and Udemy. Udemy's, I feel like it's a, there's, there's, it's quite a generalist kind of community. Like I'm likely to find people changing careers rather than like maybe upgrading them. I find people like the comments are like, Hey, I'm a baker. Now I want to be a web developer or, you know, it's a, it's, it seems to be a bit more like, it seems to be a bigger market. Whereas Skillshare, the ones that do really well are the, hey, you're a designer, want to become a better designer? You know, like those ones do better. Anything sort of like, are you moving into digital? Like it seems to be like, I just market them differently, really. Like my After Effects one is like, do you want to learn After Effects? That's you to me. But on Skillshare, I'll say something like, you know, I know, you know, you know, you've been wanting to animate your graphics, you know, so I do it that I kind of like play on those ones and my own site, they seem to do like really well from anything from YouTube, mm. stuff that's popular on YouTube. So um, like Dreamweaver, my web design stuff is the stuff that kills it from my site, but doesn't do well on the other two platforms, doesn't do as well as the other platforms. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So about your website, you built your own custom website. Can you kind of talk about what, is it all custom? Were you using plugins or anything? Um, and what type of website is it? And is it just basically a membership site or how do people actually access your courses? Cool. So um, it's been through two phases. There was the minimum viable product, crappy hack together um, thing that I got going to test it. And that lasted the first year. And November just gone is when I switched to a newer, more professional custom stuff. And the first one was Joomla. It's a CMS. Mm-hmm. I don't recommend it. I recommend it if you're like me who can kind of do a bit of front-end design, just a little bit, you know, a little bit of HTML, CSS. It meant that I needed no one. I mean, I could do it in the evenings, play around, get it going. I used a plugin called Membership Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's available both for WordPress and Joomla. Mm-hmm. And I just plugged it in and that handled the recurring payments thing because that's, that's the tough bit. Um, so, yeah, Joomla was the platform. Um, and I used YouTube as the like video host to get it going. I just okay. made it... Um, unlisted so people couldn't access it unless they paid through the site which kind of like released the video they could go to the page but the video would be blocked yep. but then it got um, membership pro allowed you to switch that out and it was just it looked really cheap and it was really cheap like it didn't cost me anything but it worked and i had you know i got up to a hundred and something subscribers on it and it got hacked about 40 times and <laughs> like, it was a total piece of junk but um if I was going to do it again and do that same kind of like minimum viable product, I would probably look to WordPress because they have a similar plugin for it. And I feel like the platform is just, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Joomla's. <laughs> I hate Joomla really. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but it was a necessary evil. I mean, I, Dan, the designer who, you know, who does a bit of web, um, you know, not a developer, could get going and test it with no money down, you know. And I got to that point and then it got hacked for like, the millionth time in like September and I was like, all right. And because the best thing about doing that kind of uh, minimum viable product, it meant that um, like what I thought the website needed to be 
And what I would have gone to would develop, and I did get it priced up from friends and um, developers here in Dublin. And it was going to be like a minimum five grand kind of spend, um, five five thousand US euros, roughly the same. Um, and you're like, okay. And I was prepared to pay for it, but I just wanted to do it myself because it was, yeah, I'm that kind of guy. I just wanted to do it myself first. And it was great because after a year, I knew like half the stuff that I desperately needed and searched high and low for a plugin to do didn't actually didn't use once, you know, like nobody used or, you know, so it, it allowed me to kind of build up this kind of list of like, this is what I love about Joomla. And this other huge list is what I don't like about Joomla. And it means that I could go off to a to a developer. Like I used a, a friend of mine, Malcolm, Malcolm Knott, and he like, he's more back, like I can do the front end, I can skin it and I can do HTML, CSS and the back end development stuff is where I kind of, you know, that's where I can't do. So I need help. And I got to go to him and say, see this site here, this Joomla site? Um, these are the bits that I like about it and these are the bits I hate. And he had a really good idea. And like that money that I spent on it was a lot more about, you know, if I spent the five grand, I would have had to spend another five grand because I changed so much. Mm. Whereas mm -hmm. the hack version was just, you know, like I could change it myself because I kind of understood what was going on. And yeah, it was, so now the new site, the new site is built, uh, uh, it's PHP, but it's called Laravel is the, is the kind of the platform that it's built on. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's quite quite a popular trend now using Laravel. It's great, lots of stuff already made for you. It ties in like, you know, it, it works with things like Stripe and payment gateways a lot better. And yeah, so it's um, a new thing we're doing though. If, if I was gonna do it again and get started, there's something called Spark that's part of Stripe. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, if people have never heard of these things, just Google them and have a look yeah. at Spark. <laughs> Spark that's kind of like a thing that's layered on top of Laravel is specifically for recurring payment things. It's even got like templates of like monthly, annual, and it's like it handles billing and receipts. That's what I'm having a little trouble with at the moment is it's doing well, but people are like, I need a receipt. You're like, great, send them a receipt. But like another month goes by and they're on another receipt. And you're like, yeah. oh, <laughs> <laughs> so like to automate that, there's things like Spark, which has lots of other cool stuff. But that's that's probably the next phase for the site. Cool. And what the site? Oh, sorry, Karen. I was gonna ask though. So, what about using? And I think we emailed about this. But what about using another tool like Teachable or Thinkific that is basically plug and play? You don't have to do it yourself. Was that an idea? Did you think about that and just want to yeah. create something custom? I looked all through them all, and like I just felt the things that I wanted. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to settle and I felt like maybe I was, yeah. If, if I didn't have my skills in terms of web design, I probably would go down that route. If I was sitting at home now going on a start a course, your MVP could be teachable rather than Joomla. Mm -hmm. Like it depends on like, if, if, it, if you said that to me still, I'd still go, nah, I'm doing it myself. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I want, I want it to be like, I've got this idea of what I want it to be, even though yeah. it was wrong, but I know I wanted to do it custom. So uh, yeah, but like the, the platform that Malcolm's built is like, it's pretty amazing. Like it's, yeah. And the cool thing about it is, is unlimited. I've got help from him. It's uh, now that it's built, it's not hard. So I go to him and say, this is the thing I want. He goes off and comes back and says, it's going to be this many hours. And I decide whether it's worth it or not. Yeah. And, you know, and then it just magically happens and works. And so it's like teachable, I guess, is I wouldn't say anything bad about it. Like it's cool. But, you know, I go to the thing. I'm like, oh, I don't. Can we move that? Look yeah. in the settings. Can't change that. You're like. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I totally, I totally get it. And I mean, you look at your website and it looks super professional. And it's also kind of cool that it just looks a little different than 
every other Teachable site out there or every Thinkific, even though there is some customization there for people who get started, it's not easy like to do that. that. It's theme now for like websites, you know, you need, you know, it, you know, logo thing, uh, nav bar, you need kind of like a big splash thing through the middle. You need three boxes underneath it. And like, yep. it's getting very bootstrap templatey and that, that's cool. But, so but yeah, what, designer, what is working on your website in terms of getting people to buy the courses? Because this is something even I'm learning to do. You, I, you said you hit uh, you know, 1600 in revenue, you've got a ton of people signing up for your courses on your own site. Um, I don't even think I've hit 1600 on my own site since I kind of rebranded and started using Teachable. So what's, what's working in terms of either the design or the layout or the pages that you're using to, to actually get people to sign up for your, your courses? cool is like there's a little bit of like what i think works yeah and so like what act like so it's at about like i get about 2700 but there's a lot per month from it but like my monthly recurring revenue is only about 1700 because a lot of people sign up and then unsubscribe mm-hmm. so i get their money but i don't get them to add to my monthly next month so mm-hmm. lots of people sign up do one course and then they're out and i'm totally cool with that yeah um you know because they bump up you know it becomes like a three thousand dollar kind of a month thing but next month i can only really guarantee 18 or you know 1700 potentially and how do i do it i don't know i i feel like for me it needs to be really open that's what i've found like i have there's no page you can't get to so there's no like firewall or gateway or um stuff so it's just like turn the videos on and off so all the transcriptions any the comments all that sort of stuff is still accessible for anybody with no logins no nothing Mm -hmm. and that helps that really helps with google um search stuff as well because i've got some pages really a load of like comments and questions and answers and that stuff is starting to bring in traffic because other people are asking the same question and they find the answer and then so yeah so i find leaving that all open so people can see it i feel as that that's always been my idea for the site is i want everything open and available and other than like it's really hard to because like, there's like three main drivers to the site in terms of analytics one is direct which you have no idea how they come so like i can't tell you um and then there's organic which is searches so i feel like that's what i've been doing that's that's my probably you know it's that's it's it's about maybe yeah it's about a, a third of the traffic is from organic and that is just having good keywords and lots of content make sure you get things transcribed mm-hmm. you know it's not that expensive but in terms of the amount of content you get to produce it's amazing all the right keywords and um and the other thing is probably my my biggest one that's actually something i have something to do with is youtube mm-hmm. youtube is I give away loads. I give away like the first half of every course. Mm-hmm. So people can get the, the you know, the 10 year old kids who are learning it in their pajamas can still get good value um, out of it. So I'm not trying to like, hey, here's a little bit and then I'm not gonna give it to you anymore. So you can get good value from it. But if you are serious and you wanna go through the whole thing and um, lots of people come in through that and I can track them and they, they come from, you know, the specific, video and they've come and signed up and there's a few that are doing really well on that and yeah literally i say there's 50 videos and here's 25 of them yeah wow that's cool i i I haven't actually looked at your youtube channel so i'm gonna have to do that and in your videos are you just using the typical 
cards or links in your descriptions or just how are you actually getting someone to go from your videos to the the course i have a like my normal videos that are up on my site and teachable and udemy i get tailored at like a little beginning and ending just real short and it just says um uh something like hey this is part of my bigger course if you enjoy it go check out the full paid course on bringalaptop.com enjoy the free video uh, i feel like i need to for me i don't want to like when I first started doing it without that stuff, a few people were like, oh, hey, like I got to the end and now you want to, you know, you want to take my money. You know, this was great until now. And I, I, I take that really personally and I'm sure I'm sure everybody does. But yeah, so now I kind of like full disclosure, here's some awesome stuff, you know, but I've got some other paid stuff. If you like, if you if you really enjoy my style, go check that out. I've got a few different variants of that going on in my beginning of my YouTube things. But I also yeah, I also have the link down in the description. Probably one of the big drivers is I give away, like at the beginning of the course, exercise files. Mm -hmm. But to get those exercise files, you need to come like, what do they call it? An ethical bribe. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'll give you the files. You give me your email address. We know, yeah. we both know what's going on here yeah. and we're both happy about it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and you want the files and you can ignore me or I can eventually spam you to death and, you know, yeah, <laughs> you buy until you buy the course. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, it's, it's so they get the files for free though. So they don't have to sign up for the actual course. Um, they can do a lot of the course for free. Uh, I give away lots of like cheat sheets. Mm -hmm. um, so you can download printable cheat sheets. And I say that's part of the resources. Go check it out on the sites. It's free to download and it is except mm -hmm. for the bribe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my email list is growing nice and big now for that. Um, nice. from that just doing that yeah nice so and i'm also i'm looking at your website while i'm i'm asking <laughs> questions which is yeah. awesome uh it doesn't seem like you're really blogging much are you are you doing any content or is it just kind of like the youtube videos and then on your site it's just the courses i feel like like i did lots of that sort of stuff when i had my sit down classroom stuff because mainly i wanted people i wanted like I don't know. I feel bad, but like you blog because you want people to find you and then come and do what you want them to do. Right. So uh, some people would blog just for blogging, but like I was blogging for a commercial reason. You know, I, I gave away good content so that people went, they've got good content. I'll go sit down and do a class with them. You know, that's what I was doing it for. <clears throat> but now for my online training, I feel like just giving away good training is the is more beneficial than having some kind of third party thing i've had to think up to try and promote my course i could just mm. promote my course that's yeah. i feel like giving away lots of stuff and i at the beginning i didn't want to it was like mine yeah. uh, you know i had it kind of like you've got to pay to see this and now i find like just give it away and a chunk more people like yeah a chunk more people are signing up i'm trying to give away loads and loads like yeah sometimes yeah. i look at it what we're giving away and i'm like there's nothing much no not nothing much left of the course but you could probably stop there and be okay you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> There's enough people who are like, I want to keep going. I want yeah. to finish this. And they, they do. That's, I mean, that's totally great. And I feel like I've, I don't know if it was Pat Flynn who said this or Seth Godin actually at Udemy, Udemy Live last year. But I've heard that like, if you feel like you're giving out too much for free, then you're in a good place because you're giving actually high quality content to people. So I love that. So I see you're charging $12 per month for your courses on your site, which it looks like, you can't buy your courses individually. It's just the $12 per month option. Did you do any yeah. price testing or why did you yeah. end up doing $12 per month? 
Yeah, so I price tested down, like I did A, B, C testing. So I had the site going for a long time where you could do, you know, different pricing. I did four ninety five, and then seven ninety five, and then twelve ninety five, and twelve ninety five one by far. Wow, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So next phase will be going up. I'll probably straddle it actually and go like seven, 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 you know, uh, seven dollars, and then up to maybe fifteen and see with that. Well, like it's a weird, I don't know, perceived value is all I can think of. Yeah. Like. Feel like if you you could go cheaper, but uh, it's it's not going to break anybody's bank, you know. Like I get kids saying I'm going to get my dad to pay, and he does, you know. Yeah, coughs up, and like it's 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 not going to kill anybody. Twelve bucks. What about this? Is you know, I haven't had this issue, but I've thought about this. What about people can go to Skillshare and pay monthly and get access to thousands more courses, plus probably yeah. all your courses. Yep. Are you worried about price. that? Have you ever had that issue with someone? It's funny, like that's that's I thought the same thing, you know, like what do I keep on my side? Why do I don't? It's I I think the internet is so big and like especially if I'm driving lots of traffic to YouTube, they're not like Skillshare don't give away their stuff free on YouTube. You I you know, I'm not sure how people first get to Skillshare. They are. Yeah. We know about it, probably mainly from wanting to be a teacher than anything else. I'm not sure how you came across them, but like yeah, there's, I think there's just, the internet's big enough for everybody. Um, yeah. I try to give different value. Like I, tr- I have Q&A. Well, I guess the other sites have Q&A as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just think, yeah, I yeah. just think the internet's big enough for it all to work. Yeah, no, I mean, that's how I, I feel. You can just stop it later on. I can pull all my courses if it's not working. Like it's a throw, throw lots of fishing hooks out and yeah. just see... And at the moment, they're all biting on all the different lines. So yeah. Yeah, they all come together to be a nice little group. I don't think if I cut those off, I'd get like any more like people. I think the people that come to me directly don't know that exist. Yeah, like, I discover new, I, I discover new platforms all the time. Like uh, following your stuff, and you're like, oh, Stack Social. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> you're like I I kind of heard about it, but yeah. I mean, the amount of people that don't even know about Udemy is insane. Yep. So to see. You know, I was calculating it on a recent article I wrote about why in 2017 it's still a great time to start teaching. And I was just, you know, thinking, you know, 99.999% of the world has never even enrolled in a Udemy course. So, and, you know, there's lots of successful people on Udemy. So if just 0.01% of those people can find out about Udemy and enroll, we're, it's good for the rest of us. So. <laughs> I think we'll all like look back like, I don't know, you know, building apps. If you got into building apps 10 years ago, you were killing it. I think we're at that time for self, for teaching, doing your own stuff. I think it's only, it's, it's slowly coming easier. And as it becomes easier for people to do, it'll become less valuable for everybody. Like yeah. at the moment, it's hard. You've got to do it yourself. You've got to buy a camera. You've got to do some crappy videos before you get to the third one that's actually half decent. And like... I think I think we'll look back and go, man. I wish I started when, you know, when back then. Like yeah. I, I did it with you. I'm like, I wish I started when you started. Like, because that's yeah. when Udemy was really small. Yeah. You know. But I bet you uh, people looking at this now going, oh, she's no, that's too late now. I think not. I think give it ten years. Yeah. Like you're gonna be able to buy a turn up in the mail. Here's your own teacher kit. You know, <laughs> do your own teaching automatically. Here's a platform. But at the moment, there's Teachable's good. Um, you know. There's, there's, you know, Udemy's good, but there's, I think there's lots more to go in it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, in a few years, everyone's going to be saying, oh, if only I started in 2017. Well, well, you can. So, 
I've been uh, everybody listen to the podcast, man. Like, go and do it. Like, this year's your year. Get yeah. started now, so you're not five years going. Shit, I should have done it then. Yeah, totally, totally. Well, this has been awesome. I mean, I just am looking at your website and. I'm starting to think, rethink my, the design of my website. I, I have different <laughs> bundles where I have like my different course topics where I sell separately, but I'm starting to think I'm like, man, maybe I just need to do like one monthly fee for all of my courses. I don't know, but descriptions are cool, man. Like, like my, my, like you can look on that bare metrics, but you can see the lifetime value of a person. It's dropped today. Cause I had a bunch of failed credit card things, but like it's, like it goes up to about 90 bucks normally yeah. it sits around that per person. So it looks, you got to look at what, like that's my like average price of lifetime value of one person. So you got to look at your bundles, I guess, and decide if that's the way. I don't know. I love subscription. Like yeah. it means like you to me, I feel like it's playing the lotto. Like every, you know, every date when they release the things, I'm like, come on, come on. <laughs> you're like, yes, I made lots of money. Or you oh, geez, I made a hundred bucks. And you're like, geez, you know, like, it's out of your control whereas monthly recurring revenue is i know next month i can i can book a holiday because i know i'm gonna have the money to pay for it whereas yeah. living skillshare and udemy and they make big changes like they have that could be it you could be done for yeah whereas the recurring revenue people are okay with like people subscribe to everything like, yeah <laughs> I, somebody made me list out the things i subscribe to and like between like just like the you know uh, Spotify phones. and like Dropbox and <laughs> Gmail Pro and like there was like literally there was maybe a thirty things I was like yeah it's a <laughs> yeah. it's a subscription everybody subscribes to everything yeah know? people it's, are used hey. people are used to doing it now so that's good so what are your next plans for the next couple of years I mean you've only been doing this for a, a little over a year it seems like but it also seems like yeah. you have a really solid plan you've got your list you've got your outsourcing so what what are the next steps over the next few years to just take it to the next level? Mine is other languages. Like I feel like English is a bit sad. I don't speak any other languages, but I've done a couple of like, uh, you know, just another couple of minimum viable products. And um, where like I've done a Spanish version, it's called webdesignnative.com. I've kept it separate. It's, its own branding. It's quite focused on web design and it's all just subtitled. And uh, at the moment, all it is is a Muse site, Adobe Muse, like knocked together by myself real quick, no payment, no subscription yet. Um, I just got all the intro videos done for my courses and got them all subtitled and now, and, and I, I fed some Google AdWords to it to test it just to see whether people would pay. And now there's a click on, watch the intro, then click a button if you want to sign up. And I'm using those clicks if you want to sign up and pay as a kind of a, people were prepared to click, you know, would they give their credit card details? I'm not sure, but like, it's like the percentage wise, the conversion rate, something like 1.6%, which is, seems really low, but it's, you can survive as a business and for like paid ads, which generally don't do that well, that's a pretty good number. So I'm using that as my kind of like, holy crap, I'm getting everything done in Spanish now, I'm just yeah. subtitled. And I've got a Chinese site as well, I've got a byol.hk. Um, <laughs> That's, that's actually dubbed over. That's really funny to watch. There's Chinese Dan. So I, I auditioned some guys and somebody speaking like Chinese nice. over the top of me. So it's my mouth moving. It's kind of like opposite of dubbed movies yeah. that you normally see, you know, where it's where it's my my face kind of being dubbed over a Chinese guy. Yeah, that's <laughs> really awesome. That's but, really uh, awesome. I'm just gonna try out both of those to see which one, whether subtitles are gonna work or whether they need to be dubbed. Yeah. 
What about, this is something that got brought up in an email to me. What about the software itself? Because in other languages, the software is going to look differently. Have you thought about that or worried about that? At the moment, like like I said, like my minimum viable product is just see whether I can get it going with the least amount, like just the basics there. And people are like, people are leaving their email. I got a little bit that says, leave your email address. If you are king, so, hey, I just say, sorry, I'm not ready. Of course, it's not ready yet. Leave your email address if you want to be signed. And people are actually giving me an email address. I feel like, I feel like that was never going to happen. Like, yeah, people are signing up to queued up to, I can, when it gets going. But yeah, in terms of like, mm, that hasn't changed. So I haven't changed the language on any of my software, but it wouldn't be hard to do. And I definitely could outsource that. Like, I know that's something that could be, you know, for a relatively okay price, you know, I could get somebody to go open your, <laughs> open your Photoshop and follow along. Yeah. Or cool. probably long term would be to maybe hire somebody that was actual a trainer and just get them to say, here's my, you know, here's my, here's what I'm doing. Just kind of do it with your own style. But subtitles are working at the moment, man. Like subtitles, yeah. just, that's it. Nothing, nothing else. Just me talking in English with subtitles on the bottom burnt in so that, um, yeah. Well, I would be interested to see if you tested that out and put it just on Udemy because I know they're put, doing a big push into other um, languages this year. I mean, they have for a while, but that was one of their 2017 marketing sort of missions. So it'd be interesting to just see how it did on Udemy as well. Yeah, well, I'll have a full course kind of ready in maybe two weeks, three weeks. And we could test it and see, I guess, and yeah. just find out. Like, <laughs> I feel like, yeah. Like when I first thought of it, like when I was discussing with people, it seems a little bit cheap just to kind of do subtitles. You need to put more effort into that. But like with this little testing product, Web Design Native, it's people are going through and seeing how much it is. And then when they go through to put their credit card details in, they're leaving their email address. So will that translate? That's the next step. So we're kind of upgrading the site to a full site, getting a full course done, and then see if we can make it happen. And nice. yeah, stick it up on Udemy and see whether they're okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know they, I bet they would be fine with it and, um, yeah, just see how it goes. Cool. So if you have one piece of final advice for someone who's listening to this and is like, wow, Daniel's doing all this stuff. He started a year ago. I really want to do this, but I don't know how to get started. What do you tell this person? If I was going to say, I'd say, do your first course with whatever gear, like people keep talking i'm kind of the same like waiting for the right bit of equipment and the, the right laptop my laptop's not fast enough and i don't have the right lighting and if i was you know my advice would just do on my first course it's embarrassing like it's my first youtube class it's me it's it sounds like i'm in the toilet <laughs> it's the screens like like not quite the right ratio and like just do it make sure it's short just make sure it's 10 videos or five videos something short and quick because it's probably going to be pretty crap and but know that you're probably going to have to do five. Like, that's it. Like, you can't expect brilliance out of your first one. Mine wasn't brilliant. I bet you yours wasn't brilliant. No. And just do a bunch of them. Like, you know, like, okay, you know, hopefully by the third one, it's half decent. And you'll find that, yeah, you like, especially the beginning, you're exponentially better. So just no excuses. Just get one done about something that you already know, like something you're okay, comfortable with. Um. Yeah. And probably just use like Skillshare and Udemy. That's like, I do kind of maybe far out MVPs. Like now you said, why don't you just test it on Udemy? That would be heaps quicker and heaps cheaper to do <laughs> than, than build my, well, my new site's not that big, but like, yeah, I, I'm, I've got that control factor though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'd use Skillshare and Udemy and get them up there. And 
give away loads on YouTube. Give away your first course on YouTube. Get some get some people. Have some sort of way of getting some email addresses. Love it. Love it a lot. So where can people find you? Your website, social media, YouTube? Yeah, yeah. So website's probably the easiest one. The contact me form on bringyourlaptop.com. But uh, Twitter's probably the other one that I kind of like follow quite a bit. So message me on. I'm Dan Loves Adobe. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Awesome, Dan. Thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, it'll be exciting to see how everything's going in the next uh, few months, and uh, we'll have to keep in touch. Yeah, let's catch up in a while. We'll see how like um, Chinese Dan does. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> and we'll see how your outsourcing goes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> fire them and take the reins back. Keep, yeah, <laughs> keep me accountable, though. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, Dan. <laughs> All right, Phil. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, there's no better way to learn how to create and sell online courses than heading over to onlinecoursemasters.com and downloading your free seven-step guide to success. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen and make sure to leave a rating. If you do, I might even read it on a future show. Help us reach our first 100 ratings. It'll just take one extra minute of your time. Thanks, have a beautiful day, and we'll see you next week on the next episode.